Singing robot voice was correct. This is indeed probably science. Throw away your microscopes. Get rid of your journals. This is all the science <laughs> news you need. We are probably science. We are in Andy's back garden in Bluebell Ranch. Uh, I'm Matt Kirsch and sat next to me is my co-host Andy Wood. Thank you for introducing the show so well and me. You are more than welcome. <laughs> You're always welcome. Uh, as is our guest. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, coming like briefly over from New York. Yes. Where you're now on Totally Biased with... W. Kamau Bell. That's right. As both a writer and occasional correspondent, we have Aparna yes. Nanchella. Hello! Thank you so much for coming along. Thanks for having me. So, we always ask our guests this at the beginning of the show. What, yes. if any, is your science background? I went to a science and technology high school. A magnet okay. school? A magnet school. Ooh. But I... What is a magnet? Is like... Everything is magnetic. Everything, or? Yes. It's, it's, uh, have you seen any of the X Men movies? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's, that. So, like, you have like metal boots and you can walk on the walls <laughs> yeah. and uh, any ceiling or anything? Yep. It's part of your education. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but after, apart from that, it's just all just regular teaching. Yeah. It's yeah. just wearing magnet boots. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, yeah, being a regular Grammar. Student. But everything's like French. specifically related to magnets. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. French lessons are just like. <laughs> <laughs> There's a French word for magnet. Yeah, you just. Le magnet. Le magnet. I'm guessing is the word, right? Exactly. And is this out in. Um, are you from the D.C. area? Yeah, it's, I went. It was in the suburbs of Northern Virginia. Oh, what was this? What's it called? Thomas Jefferson High School for Science and Technology. Nice. T-J-H-S-S-T. Their joke tagline was, we came for the sports. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was all nerds. So, so you went to a proper science, like, did you carry on with science studies when you went to college? No, I didn't take a single math or science class. I took maybe two computer science classes, but that was it. So because of the inundation in high school, you were just you yeah, were done with I was it. It's done. Like was it was it he- much more heavily pushed science stuff than it would be in a regular high school? Yeah, like all the requirements. Like you had a science track that you had to be on. I think the first year is technology, the second year is chemistry, third year physics, and the last year was geoscience. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And, and so you would choose this, or your parents would would choose this for you, right? This is a, it's not a private school, but it's a school you can opt in. It's, yeah. It's... You had to take like a test to get in, and I didn't really want to go. But my parents were like, "Just take the test, and then who knows?" And I took it and I got in. And they were like, "You got in. Why not go?" So I was like, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> Light pressure. Yeah, right. that's that's sort of how I fell into engineering, I think, is just mm-hmm. that you don't know at 18 what you want to do. I mean, unless you're, I, I don't know, I don't, I don't, I can't understand anybody who actually knows what they want in yes. life at 18. So, that's you know, true. okay, oh, I test well in these areas. Everyone says I'm supposed to do this thing. So I'll just do that. Well, as someone yeah. who is now a professional mathematician, I think I knew. Exactly <laughs> <that>. <laughs> yep. yep. So then um, did you ever do any sort of math competitions or science competitions in high school? Is that part of the curriculum or is, is that just extra curriculum? No, that's just to? extra. I think I was in Key Club. <laughs> what is Key Club? I've heard of that. I forgot what that is. I think we had that. I don't it's know. like community service. 
but you're part of a key club. <laughs> I don't know what the key part. It's not was. like a, there's no swinging element to it, though, right? No. There's, not, there's no bowls with. There should be. Yeah, yeah. I would. If there you could do community be. service and then also and have then also just swing? orgies. See, that's yeah. the way your mind works. I just thought lock picking. <laughs> okay, yeah, of handcuffs. Who's yeah. It? No, uh, like. That'd be a kind of a cool club. That I would, would join. Cool I would join a lot. Like, uh, it's like a magician club yeah. or something. It's a uh, escapism or whatever Houdini was, escape artist. Yeah, there's a TV and radio producer who uh, I've worked with sometimes in the UK called David Tyler, and his office he's got like he's he's got a book on lock picking, and he's got like a lock that's cut in half that you can use to teach yourself to learn. Oh, so you can like what? see the mechanism and you see the key and everything, and he's got some picks. I just couldn't even get close. But I love that kind of stuff, though. Just to, like, did really you ever have that book, The Way Things Work? Yes. We have a copy of that here on the shelf, actually. Uh, I, when I was a kid, that was the best. It would have all kinds of cutaways of yeah, things like that. That's how I learned how, how keys, how locks work. and Yeah, there's also, um, in the, if you're ever in London, the British Museum, which is, which is worth a look anyway, because it's, it's this fantastic, it's free to get in, and uh-huh. it's just got a lot of stuff that's been stolen from a lot of countries. <laughs> <laughs> like it, and like incredible stuff. That's like what it, the Brits are known oh, it, for. Oh, it's ridiculous. <laughs> like it's got uh, the Rosetta Stone is in there. Oh, uh, okay. The uh, Tutankhamun mm-hmm. tomb is mm-hmm. there, and a uh, his actual um, yeah, like mummified, the, his body. Like, I think the body's in yeah, there. Like, certain, yeah, yeah, like yeah. the certainly like everything that was around it is there, and and what Britain calls the Elgin marbles. That Greece calls the Parthenon marbles because Lord Elkin <laughs> stole them from the Parthenon, oh. and it's still a diplomatic problem between Britain and Greece. Like that's still like every year, the they, got, I, they want to return them. Yeah, the Prime it's Minister or the President of Greece or whatever has a go at Britain and ask for it to be returned, and they go, "You wouldn't look after it properly," and that's <laughs> that's seriously their argument. That's honestly you wouldn't know what to do. With it. That is that is legitimately what they claim. They're like, "Yeah, it's Greece. Eh? What do they know? What do they know? This is a." professional british museum we will take much better care of your stuff than you could so we should have it so arrogant there's a lot of that but there's um there's a hall in there there's a whole um exhibit of keys through through the ages i like old keys yeah more character and like new keys and like they had properly like relatively sophisticated locks going quite a way back yeah. Like it wasn't like the sort of this multi lever yeah. complicated ones that you have that came in recently, but like even you know, like Roman times they, they knew what they were doing with keys. Really? Had that technology. Mm-hmm. Um but I love it. I I like things that like moving machinery. <laughs> <laughs> I think we yeah I think we probably share that that's uh yeah although for some reason I never I talked about this before I was never a tinkerer really growing up I didn't really like uh I, or especially with electronics I didn't no I never knew what I was doing the, my friend yeah. Simon growing up was like that like he he was just left to his own devices where his parents would just n- like let him take a screwdriver to their TV or whatever yeah. <laughs> they just... I was more the kind of kid who would just spend like hours with silly putty. And find fascinating <laughs> things to do. How does it work? That, but yeah. And I can still entertain myself forever with Sleep Buddy. Yeah, you could, you could make it into the ball that bounces. You could do the thing where you put it over print and mm-hmm. it, it lifts the that print. That cool. And, then it gets, and it's dirty from then on. You can do, yeah, it gets slowly browner. Uh, you can do the, you know, the non-Newtonian thing where you pull it fast and, it's, and it snaps. And it snaps and you... Just stretching oh. slowly. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. So a part of... Going to a magnet school for yes. science and technology, this must have been... Uh, or maybe it wasn't. Maybe there were uh, efforts made to reduce this. But was it a bit of a sausage fest? It was. So you had your wait, pick. You had l- lots of eligible. I think it was actually not that. It was pretty even. Oh, okay. Amazingly, yeah. 
I don't know why. Maybe just that area of the country has a lot of what are girl nerds? Gerds? <laughs> I don't know. What Those are word. ones who have acid reflux. Girl, I think they're just girl nerds. Yeah, I think <laughs> you would just say a nerd who's Nerdettes? also a girl. That's good. That's good. It's uh, you know we need some more uh, equity in the. Is that the word? Oh, actually, Parody. we had a catchphrase for the dating situation too. It was the odds are good, but the goods are odd. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is I've heard that many yep. a time. Yep. To at so, you, like, aggressively. <laughs> aggressively. Yes, in my face. You are an odd person. You are odd. Yes, there are many of you, and I do not want to date you. <laughs> so, did you, uh, like, we, we sometimes chuck a pop quiz at people, but, yeah, uh, should we do it? Oh, sure, why not? Yeah, no. yeah. It's usually Brooks's deal, but there Brooks is, there's no, there's no right out. or wrong answer, but there's a couple, the fact that you went to that school has inspired me for a couple of the questions, but, okay, first question, um, favorite scientist? Favorite scientist? I will go with. I was about to name someone who's not a scientist. Marie Curie. Oh, good that's answer. A very. Good, that's the first I think on this show. Is it, I think we might have had it once before, but like good, good answer. Okay, but a rare, a more rare one. Double Nobel Prize winner. Yes, I didn't. And know a victim that. of her own success. It's literally. True. Yep. Yeah. That's why I relate to her. <laughs> Have you been slowly poisoning yourself with radium, Aparna? Because you shouldn't with do that. The, Let me... the internet. With the ferocity of her jokes. <laughs> YouTube comments. Her humor is so it, cute. What if it turns out that Twitter causes cancer, you guys? And like our whole generation lost. I feel we... like cell phones are like cigarettes and we're all going to... It's very possible. I don't know. There's been a lot of, like, the science is still out, whereas cigarettes, they hadn't actually studied it at all, or rather they had oh. studied it and they kept all this finding secret. Oh, okay. But, I mean, really, that was that was some common sense, <laughs> putting smoke into your lungs. <laughs> uh, well, there was a point was... where they thought that it was actually good for you. There was a lot like it would chase mm, out oh. bugs. and like <laughs> Bugs. They, they <laughs> tried to say that, but I don't think anybody in their heart of hearts ever really believed that burning something. Yeah. Smoke then... the flu out like a bee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You fill anything with smoke. It's, it's going to be better. Yeah, you know how like it gets the bees out of the hive? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it probably does the same thing for tuberculosis. You know, By the way, I, I hope we don't die because literally minutes before you guys came over, the uh, Terminix guy was spraying oh, yeah, things everywhere. Saw, he was leaving when I parked. Yeah, so let's hope none of that stuff is highly Oops. toxic. Well, well, we are outdoors, so we're hope kind of ventilated. Beautiful day, by the way. It's, uh, it's so nice. Spring has sprung. Okay, so all those oranges are in. If you guys want to take a break later on, all those oranges are tasty. And orange break with insects. We got oranges and we got brownies Mm. as well. Mm. Upon us, the first guest to bring baked goods. I yep. I'm the first impression. Yeah, Yeah. you're you're going to be on a lot. We're going to be calling on you anytime you're back in LA. We will be morbidly obese. Happy, and you'll be our permanent you co-host. Us food. Um, Least favorite scientist. Oh, least favorite. Oof, tough. Um. I'll go with Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Because he's barely a scientist. He, is barely a scientist. <laughs> he was and spreading himself too thin. He was trying to do well, a lot of things. And he him. sent his boy out to fly the kite as well in lightning. <laughs> yeah, I just heard that, that it wasn't him. And it really made my opinion of him go down. I, yeah. I, I meant to look that up because I never understood how much of that. The whole thing sounds apocryphal but uh, so there is some kernel of truth to the lightning but thing he flew a kite in a, in a storm and had a key attached to it that is that true i heard that was asking. not I maybe I it's it not true maybe that true. is like you're saying someone did though you're saying he's he no i thought his, you guys were saying that maybe i just heard, guessed that it was i heard it wasn't true at all it's oh, okay. just like a pr you know what, that, like that, that i would 
be willing to believe that it's utter bullshit. Like like Newton and the Apple as well. Right. That yeah, was well, also that's... not true. Well, <laughs> oh, God. Like, it depends on like the version of the story. Like, I think it was just... <laughs> He considered an apple falling from the tree oh as a thought experiment, rather than just like an apple hit him on the head and he had the idea for gravity. Jeez. How could that be the thing that makes you realize things fall? <laughs> yeah, it just How could the, the smartest, <laughs> arguably the smartest man who's ever lived, hadn't even thought about the fact that things fall to the ground until it's something until like an hit apple him. hit him on the head and he's like, as an adult, like yeah. a detective show, like suddenly he's just like. <laughs> <"Aha!"> <laughs> Or he's uh, like Mr. Short-Term Memory, the Kevin Nealon <laughs> character. He shouldn't have stood under that pear tree, oh, as the intro song goes. Yeah. That was back when SNL could just do <laughs> the most ridiculous, highest concept sketch and have it run for years. Like, mm. how could that... Do you know the sketch I never, No, I never to? saw it. Like, there's a lot of SNL that I've never seen because it wasn't shown in the UK very much. Yeah. Huh. Wait, maybe it wasn't Kevin Nealon. Was it Tom Hanks who was Mr. Short-Term Memory? It was a running bit. Was with, it you? Maybe it was me. <laughs> But, I mean, yeah, it was, like, the same thing as, like, Subliminal Man or uh, Middle-Aged Man. It just could be some silly I don't know any notes. of these guys. You guys didn't watch no. SNL? No, I... I couldn't. Well, I had no way of doing it. I um, watched it later. Okay, well, this is going nowhere. Okay. Uh, <laughs> favorite experiment you were involved in at school? Apart from the experiment of putting you in a school that was entirely science. The, um... The mystery powders. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about mystery powders. I don't know how you those You know work. the white, where it was like five white powders and you did different things to them and then that's how you figured out what they were. Okay. Oh, I think I you do know. You know what yeah, I'm yeah, talking yeah. about. I know exactly what it's you're talking classic. about. Like you eat some of them. I don't think you're supposed to <laughs> no, eat any of them. No. You snort some, some of them. No. You rub some on a <laughs> test animal. I think you put them in water you like heat them and then yeah, yeah it's like the different ways that you learn when you're a kid to sort of uh what, like a, like high school chemistry to find out what yeah. like you do flame tests yeah yeah see what no, color actually, it burns with see I if it's soluble favorite experiment i was a psychology major i like psych experiments the okay best. yeah oh cool so you did so you did go to do a fairly sciencey thing i did but i wasn't in it for the right reasons were you in it to find out, like, I wasn't to read in people's it minds? To be a psychologist, I, w- I just found it the least boring subject because it, it's about you, and, and essentially. Well, well, least boring is another way of saying most interesting, which is a good reason to choose a subject. Yeah, but it was like self indulgent. I was like, I want to learn more about myself. Right. What subject will help me do that? Did you Doesn't find all the- subjects to do that? No. <laughs> <laughs> Did you find that you got the sort of medical student? Uh, syndrome thing where whenever you're reading about a new psychological condition you're diagnosing yourself with oh it. Like, yeah oh, I, have I want yeah. yeah i was like i am definitely a highly sensitive person and i have it in me that's a thing yeah. hsp and i have it in me to be a nazi or an evil prison guard <laughs> everyone does you guys it could be that's any what of psychology us. taught us. where did you go to college amherst, amherst. college oh, nice. in western massachusetts very cool um, yeah did you did you ever watch the um um Videos about the Zimbardo Stanford prison experiment. And Milgram, yeah. yeah. Wait, which one? Is Milgram the shocks? Yeah. Oh, that one's the craziest. I just like the old-timey screams. I feel like they're different. <laughs> <laughs> they're always like, ah! Like, they're very, I don't know. Did they hire, I, I wonder if they hired... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. E-gads. Yeah. I wonder if they hired voice actors for those, or if those were like just... I they did. Well, they were actors. They were like... They were like radio plays. <laughs> It was like, there was like the War of the Worlds thing, yeah. That would be That's the awesome. way of telling. Like, from now, 
nowadays. That that was not a realistic ch- scream. That was a scream from two. Fo- <laughs> yeah. It was two. What if it was all just the Wilhelm scream? Do you guys know about the Wilhelm scream? No, no what you is don't that? know about it. Oh, I'm so excited to tell you about this. Uh, the Wilhelm scream was this famous. Uh, I don't know how it became famous, but there was a movie. Let's see. It was called Distant Drums, a movie in 1951. And uh, a guy gets shot off of his horse and screams as he falls off. <laughs> and the scream became iconic. And it became this inside joke among sound editors. And the, people put it in movies all the time. <laughs> really? So th- like in Star Wars, like a stormtrooper gets hit and you hear a Wilhelm scream. Oh, and Indiana Jones. Great. I guess like Lucas and Spielberg put a lot of Wilhelm screams in their movies. Um, I'm Could just they get sued for copyright? Could, like, no, it's what? just it's sort of like a yeah. public domain, like a, a joke that people uh. do. So here, here is uh, the Wilhelm scream compilation on YouTube. I guess it won't. You can't see what movies it's playing, but. Uh... Wilhelm! Yeah, I'll just fill my pipe! So this is the original. The Charge at Feather River. <laughs> <laughs> this is all the same film so far. This is the original. <laughs> this is from them in 1954. It's quiet, though. Is still there. I'm gonna jump forward a bit. Yeah, let's go. Indiana Jones of the Temple of Doom. <laughs> so, how many fil- has anyone made a note of like there must be like the Wikipedia page that says how many times yeah. this has been used? Yep, okay, let's see. The Wikipedia page says, um, Oh, it doesn't list it, but in this compilation, you have you have Willow, Howard the Duck, Indiana Jones, uh, Star Wars, them. <laughs> Um, Reservoir Dogs, Aladdin, Young Indiana Aladdin? Jones. Aladdin? Yeah. A goofy I movie? I remember that. Uh, Return of the Jedi, Small Soldiers, Phantom Menace. Yeah, it's all over. So the Wilhelm scream, I forgot how we got in this subject. That's great. Oh, they should have hired the Wilhelm to do the uh, yeah. milligram experiment. Um, be- biggest explosion you were ever a part of or witnessed? Oh, man. Biggest explosion. I think... Once I watched that Mentos demonstration. Do you guys know the <laughs> Mentos demonstration? In Diet Coke? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We all went outside. It was very exciting. But it was really like, why did we come outside to watch this? You mean this was in like high school or college? Yeah, or I think it was in high school. I didn't realize Chemistry. it had been it had been discovered that early. I thought really? it was because when the when the YouTube videos came out, I thought that was sort of the first time someone realized. No, no I remember hearing about that early. before YouTube existed. And is it, yeah. what is it about Mentos? Does anybody know why that candy is what makes it happen? And do other candies, know. similar candies, work? Or is that I don't know. I, it might be something. I'm going to look it up, but it might be something to do with surface area because I know um, bubbles form. Hmm. Bubbles need uh, irregular surfaces to help them form. And Which that it has a porous surface, maybe, and that's the reason. Yeah, why. it might well be that the bubbles form easily on it. So just millions of bubbles form really quickly, or thousands, whatever. Um, yeah, and that makes it, and then they expand and it and join t- into bigger bubbles, then it fizzes over. Actually, if you look, had, I looked it up. That is the, the truth. Yeah, wow. the, the number of small pores in the candy surface catalyze the release of carbon dioxide, resulting in the rapid expulsion of copious quantities of foam. There we go. Because there's the other thing you can do as well, um, which we did. Uh, as students when we had a microwave and no one supervising us uh <laughs> which is if you if you put water in a really in like a perfectly in a smooth mug or cup uh, mm-hmm. because it doesn't have those surfaces that the bubbles can form i think it's nucleation sites what they're called uh you can superheat the water you can get the water above 100 degrees without it boiling yeah 
so it's it's above 100 it's it's ready to boil but nothing's caused the bubbles to happen yeah and then if you just drop uh like some sugar in there or something oh, which has God. lots of granules then it just suddenly goes no! boom, wow. and it just fizzes over the top huh. which is why you got to be careful if you ever yeah. he- heat if you ever heat liquids in a microwave right and people do that they'll take the cup out of the microwave and then set it on the top and that'll disturb it or they'll put a spoon in there and either of those suddenly just boiling water just goes explodes over the top of it what i can't believe i've never heard of this yeah so be careful if you ever heat stuff in a microwave that's awesome (laughs) um final question what is your favorite australian animal quokka that's a great one yeah yeah that's my desktop background oh really that was an instant answer it's a marsupial that looks like it's always smiling it's the cutest yeah learned on reddit I think we've had... I think someone else has picked the quokka before. Was it Reggie Watts? We have we not have, had Reggie on okay, yet. Okay, because he mentioned the quokka to me. It's a great animal. It is. All right, so new listeners to the show, we take a look at the science, uh, at the week's science news from the perspective of people who uh, have somewhat of a background in science, as Matt and I do, but not enough to justify doing this podcast. Um, but this week, there were a bunch of great stories. My favorite involves the... Um, fact that we may be close to bringing back from extinction a frog that gives birth through its mouth yes which is it's if there was ever a good use for science that's exactly that yeah this yeah. thing is awesome it's um it's a gastric brooding frog i don't know if that's the actual f- species name there's the latin name here but i don't know if there's another name it's known by but that's what it does it lays eggs and then swallows them and then about six weeks later, it dribbles tadpoles out of its mouth. Oh, my God. <laughs> Here's, a picture. Here's a picture of a frog oh. inside another frog's mouth. Oh, my God. Tiny little thing. It's like a Russian nesting doll. That That's funny you should mention that because I went down a whole Wikipedia hole this morning no. for about an hour after I looked up Russian Matryoshka dolls and then fractals and then self-similarity. We'll get to that in a second because I found something else awesome related to that. Um, but so this frog, it went extinct about 30 years ago. Uh, but they may be close to bringing it back because they isolated this, the nuclei from cells of frogs that have been frozen for 40 years and then transferred them into the eggs of a modern frog, which then divided several times as if to form an early embryo. So they may be close to um, actually getting these things back from extinction. And I guess it's easier to do this with frogs because the eggs don't gestate inside another um, inside a frog. You know, they, they're outside as they're growing, so they aren't. Yeah, influenced by the Jurassic Park teaches that. Yeah, is that the reason? And if that Jurassic Park sources anything, it is that this is always a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing can go wrong when we create no. frogs that pop other frogs out of their mouths. Yes. that's not ever going to be a bad thing. But which, uh, would you uh, would you give birth to someone out of your mouth if you had the option? I was thinking about it. I hate throwing up, so I don't think I could do it. Right. Yeah, I guess, would it be deep down in your stomach or just kind of in your mouth? I don't know. It the looks... idea of something live coming up your esophagus is but mildly horrifying. Okay, well, let's imagine like that humans have, there are tadpole versions of humans. Let's imagine like a smaller version of a fetus. Okay. So if you had the option... Of, <laughs> I'm listening. <laughs> of, like, if you had the option of like throwing up a, a ping pong ball sized oh. fetus mm. or giving birth... So, you know, your, oh, your standard 10-pound... Definitely ping-pong ball. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, throwing up is not going to compare it to... No. So, yeah, it's all about perspective. And also, yeah. is anyone else thinking Vegas contract? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah. yeah, Terry Fader's time is probably up at the Mirage, and I think that uh, someone popping ping-pong balls out of their... Human ping-pong balls out of their uh, esophagus would be worth watching, yeah. 
Also, you always feel better after you throw up, but I don't know if you feel better after you give birth. Yeah. Would you feel better after throwing up a baby? Now you have 18 years plus. I think of, you uh, would. I care. think you'd have all the joy of becoming a parent for the first time, combined with the relief of having thrown up. Yeah, yeah. You're like, you know, you feel nauseous all morning, and then you're like, I gotta get this out, and then you do, and then you're like, oh god, thank god for that. That's out of my system. <laughs> And also now I'm a mother. Right, yeah. I so, feel like there would be more episodes of I didn't know I was pregnant. Totally, totally. And and I think midwifery school would be much easier. All they teach you is oh, how, to hold, yeah. how to hold someone's hair yeah. back. Or give the Heimlich. <laughs> yeah. Just, just pat her on the back. You, you'll feel better once it's out. You'll feel better once just it's out. Just give the Heimlich twice in a restaurant and then just some, the waiter on the other side of the room catches the baby. <laughs> Oh wait a second! Yeah, then just in lands this... in a mart- in a woman's in a haughty woman's martini glass. Oh, so, yeah. What? Oh, <laughs> I never. That's something that they don't have as much of in films nowadays, and I think it's for shame. Mm-hmm. The wealthy dowager who yeah. is shot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think modern movies are really lacking that. That's a or, yeah. What is it? Someone's dentures land in someone else's soup. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's a classic. I think because there's no modern day Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> Go around and shake things up at an, at an upscale party, you know. Maybe like Zach Galifianakis in thirty years' time. I could see that. Yeah, yeah. I could see that. Doing too. a remake of Back to School. Oh my god, that is so overdue. I can't believe someone hasn't done that yet. I don't know who is who's the who's the closest we have to Rodney Dangerfield now. I can't think who of, could even play that. I can't think of anybody who's like a, hmm. even in that age range right now who's a, who's a a draw as a comic actor. Can you? Uh, like who's like someone who's in their fifties or sixties who yeah who who actually has a following as a comic actor right now I, I don't know if there is anybody if who any could, who if, could open a movie huh. like remember when George Burns George Burns could open a movie even in the eighties of the Oh God movies right nobody that, that's not nobody's coming out to see uh, 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 Drew Carey Mel Brooks <laughs> I don't even know Drew who's Carey. in that age range Abe Vigoda oh yeah, Philip Seymour Hoffman. <laughs> <laughs> In back to school. <laughs> PSH, if you're listening, we're not. I don't think you're that old. You're good too. I don't. think of Jim Gaffigan as the comic Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, <laughs> he sort of is. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. Um, How about Toby Jones? Who's Toby Jones? He was one of the guys that played Capote. Oh, not Philip Seymour Hoffman <laughs> when they were like competing Capote movies. Yeah, say that five times. Competing Capote. Competing Capote. Competing Capote. Uh, I think he was in the one where, um, what's the author of To Kill a Mockingbird? Harper, Harper Lee. Lee. Where Harper Lee was uh, Catherine Keener, maybe? I yeah, know. I know what you're talking about. This is getting way off topic. What I wanted to say about the, the frogs, though, was I looked up Matryoshka dolls, and then that Wikipedia article linked to self-similarity, and I was like, oh, I wonder where this goes to, um, which just you know refers to like fractals and things mm-hmm. where you zoom in, you see the same shape uh, as you get closer and closer. Um, and I, I discovered something I'd never heard of called the um, the shepherd. Is it shepherd scale or shepherd tone? One second. The shepherd tone, um, which is basically like an audio version of a barber shop pole. It's Whoa. it's a sound that that sounds like it's always getting uh, higher in frequency or lower in frequency, mm-hmm. but it actually never really changes, or at least it, it loops, and you never really detect the loop because. As as one frequency gets louder and then slowly softer, the the frequency one octave below that mm-hmm. gets louder just as that other one gets softer. Oh. So you can't even tell that it's kind of jumped down an octave. Right. So it just sounds like it's constantly increasing. And they used it in um, in the Dark Knight for those scenes where where uh, like I can picture the um, 
the cocktail party scene where Joker's oh, there yeah, yeah, yeah. and the music keeps going up and up mm-hmm, in pitch mm-hmm. and you keep waiting for something to happen and it, but it's actually just kind of looping Whoa. and they used it for the bat mobile or the bat motorcycle so it seemed like it was increasing in in speed but there weren't actually discrete gears but here's what it sounds like and just remember this is this is not actually getting higher or at least it's repeating every 10 or 15 seconds It sounds to me like it's getting qu- lower rather than higher. Yeah. That one's lower. You can do it with either one. Oh, okay. um, and then th- they did the same, th- like they used that in, I guess, uh, Super Mario 64. There's some endless stair scene where that happens. So it sounds like it's always getting um, higher in pitch. It's kind of unsettling. It's very unsettling. It's I've been listening to it all morning. It sort, <laughs> sort of set me off. It's a weird. Um, there's one more. I'll play one that's, that's uh, increasing if you want to hear what that sounds like. Here's when it's going up. If anyone's still listening to our podcast, I'm amazed at this point. I can listen to this all day because I keep trying to find the place where you can detect that it it never jumps. It's all discreet. It's like it's basically a barbershop pole, but but sonically. That's crazy. It's kind of cool. That sounds like think. the si- the Greek sirens. Yeah, that's probably what they sounded like. That would get me. <laughs> that would lure Andy and no one else to the rocks. You know? <laughs> I need to listen to this for more. I need to keep listening to this sound. I guess I have a, a, a higher tolerance for sounds that most people would find extremely annoying. Like there's an app that uh, like a Fourier transform app where you can play with frequencies and harmonics and Ooh. and you could do like square waves and triangular waves that sound awful because they sound so unnatural. And I was just playing that in the living room the other day. And Jesse's like, "What the? Fuck? That's awful stuff." It just sounds like someone is trying to find the most annoying noise ever. Like, but look, you can adjust the frequencies here. You can play with the harmonics. So anyway, that's a shepherd tone, um, which I spent a good hour researching this morning because of frogs inside of frogs. Why is it called the shepherd tone? Uh, Roger Shepherd oh, okay. was the person that's. Um, I was kind of hoping that it like yeah. affects sheep in a weird <laughs> yeah. way. Uh, uh, he was a cognitive scientist um, born in 1929, studied psychology. So maybe it's more of a. There's actually another um, related. That's like a corollary thing called the um, tritone paradox. Where do you know what a tritone is? Like the exact midpoint yeah. of an octave. Yeah. It's, it's a it's an augmented fourth or a diminished fifth. Um, it's the interval that exactly splits an octave in half. And right. mm-hmm. if you do um, that same shepherd tone, but have if you superimpose two of them, a sequentially paired a sequen- sequentially played pair of shepherd tones separated by an interval of a tritone produces the tritone paradox. And in that illusion, the scales may be heard as either descending or ascending. So it's like one of those pictures. Is it an old lady in the mirror or is it a... Oh. Right. Like you can't actually tell if it's going up or going down. It's all dependent on what you hear. Like I played it for Jesse. He was like, oh, it's going down. I'm like, no, it's actually going up also. It's like either way. That's like M.C. Escher. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. All right. Anyhow. So that was, excuse me for my digression, shepherd tones and tritone paradoxes. It's a good digression. Um, I think this is, uh, we had a couple of stories sent in <laughs> by readers, or by listeners rather, which uh 
which I, I love. We, uh, if anyone has any, we always say this, if you have any stories that you find interesting that you'd like us to cover on the show, or also any corrections, comments, clarifications, uh, <laughs> which, which happens. We have real actual scientists who listen to our show, mm-hmm. which never ceases to amaze me <laughs> with a level of ineptitude we have when it comes to the actual facts. <laughs> uh, like we, we get messages from people going, I listen to this in my lab. You know, re, re, like, what kind of a lab yeah. is this? Is this a pretend lab <laughs> where you, you stir yogurt with plastic spoons? <laughs> is this, uh, no, I'm an actual a scientist who does real lab. science. Yeah, yeah, are, you, exactly. are, you, are you writing research papers or manifestos? <laughs> like, what sort of... But we do have, we have proper real scientists who send in stuff and also uh, listeners who send in interesting stories. Um, probablyscience at gmail.com is uh, our email address and you can tweet us at probablyscience. Um, and probablyscience.com uh, links to our Tumblr. Uh, but this is from uh, Matthew Cravat, or Cravat. I don't know how you pronounce your name exactly. It, there's a couple of possibilities. I apologize if I got it wrong. But we covered uh, a story two weeks ago about this baby who was cured of HIV with just standard treatment. And there's a follow-up story, a new scientist that uh, Matthew sent in, that says now 14 adults uh, have also been apparently cured or at least they still have traces of hiv but it's being put so in remission that they their body can keep it naturally in check without further drugs and this is just again with early drug treatments it's just the standard antiretroviral drugs that get given to everyone but it got caught sufficiently early that the virus was just beaten back and now these 14 adults are effectively in remission they're functionally cured is what they call it whoa so nothing different was done as far as treatment this is the standard course of treatment yeah, this is because um, the, previously there was one other case of an adult uh, who, ha- who was HIV positive who was cured of it, but that was a really specific, weird... It was a blood transfusion. That was a blood transfusion. Yeah. I think even a, like a, a bone marrow transfusion. He oh, had leukemia, right, yeah. and he mm-hmm. got a bone marrow transfusion from a donor who was naturally uh, immune to HIV, which some people are. Yeah. Uh, but this is But that's an incredibly specific set of circumstances whereas this is just the standard drugs that anyone with hiv is given to help keep the virus in check Mm -hmm. and it seems to it seems to be working like this is again like another step towards knocking hiv back and all 14 people have been given their own late night talk shows for some (laughs) reason that aren't going to last very long no but well this is the risk because it used to be able to give someone with hiv like back in the 80s, a talk show knowing that there's only a season of Tops. But oh, I you guys wish are I hadn't really gone there. hitting Magic Johnson hard on this podcast. Yeah, has anybody actually figured went, out why Magic is, is. I went to his restaurant the other day. Was he there? Tangent. Magic Johnson's TGI Fridays near the LAX. Is it? Why, why did you go there? What? Because my friend picked me up from the airport and then he was like, let's go to Magic Johnson's TGI Fridays for no reason other than oh, I Magic. I thought you were joking that it's a TGI Fridays. I'm not joking. <laughs> <laughs> like it's actually a branch of chain. It's actually a proper TGI here's Friday. the sad Fridays. part. He actually stopped. It's not. He sold it back to TGI Fridays franchise and they've still been using his name. Even though it's not his anymore. Yeah, I'm looking on on Facebook. They call it Magic Johnson's TGI Fridays. <laughs> I wouldn't joke about that. He's had the most bizarre life. <laughs> yeah, I, I. How? So he owns a chain of movie theaters, right? Or he owns some movie theaters. Mm-hmm. He owns part of the Lakers. Mm-hmm. And I guess, according to his Wikipedia page, he owns some Burger King locations and TGI Fridays. 
Well, according to the waitress, he's decided to invest in other things. Okay. Mm-hmm. But the menu wasn't any different. He didn't rename stuff to no, have like it was Lakers in jokes or something. Yeah. Friday's menu. The, the how the, the hell is he still alive wings. <laughs> like the high, uh, t- high T-cell count blooming onion or something. Like <laughs> anti-retroviral uh, it's, uh, jalapeno poppers. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. He, I mean, no. he, like, you know, he has the best cure, obviously. Like, Magic Johnson clearly has the, like, all yeah, this is important science. Hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. <laughs> that cure, yeah, yeah. The best, the best cure is whatever the hell he's doing. But I think he's keeping that secret. Uh, but yeah. beyond that, this is, this is, this is impressive. This is, do we know for sure he has it? Well, didn't they say that it's he's gotten it to the point, kind of like these 14 people, where it's not even detectable in his system? Or at least I've heard mm-hmm. him say that, which might just be because he was trying to get me in bed. Um, <laughs> he, no. You say that. I think he was just trying to get you to get an appetizer as well. <laughs> <laughs> he was he's just getting to you to... upsell you. Yeah. He so, was trying to get me into bed. He asked me if I wanted to supersize my meal. That, no, he literally wanted to know if you wanted to supersize your I don't know why you always think that he is trying to get you into bed. Okay, but later on he asked if we had room for dessert. Yeah, okay. okay. Again, again. Room added, for dessert. No, literally he meant dessert. Like the, uh, uh, you know what? The okay, sweet things are a little bit dish different that comes up. stateside. Maybe over the pond. <laughs> that's what that means. Over here, a little different connotation. Feels so, like there's a tip joke in there. <laughs> So there's no actual actionable advice to take from this article. Like 14 people were cured, but only because they did the same thing. Well, the the actionable advice that there is to take from this is get tested regularly because the reason these guys managed to uh, get the disease down to that level is they got treated really early. Okay. Mm -hmm. Whereas some people who potentially might have it don't get tested because they're worried about the result. But if you are worried, but you end up making it worse. Okay, so that's the moral of today's episode. Uh, get tested. Mm-hmm. Um, Open letters that might be bills. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah. and get that sound that your car's making checked out. Because if you be catch it early... It might be a shepherd yeah. scale. <laughs> <laughs> might be a constantly changing... Uh... And then you don't have to go to the mechanic and be like, my car, it, it's either getting constantly higher pitched or constantly lower pitched. I yeah. really have no idea which one it is. <laughs> Uh, Andy, do you have a story for us? I do have a story for us. Um, it's uh, related to Jeff Bezos undertook an, a, a, an endeavor we discussed earlier. He wanted to find the um, the parts of the Apollo moon mission engines that had been uh, that had just crashed into the o- ocean and had been left there for a long time. This is the Amazon.com billionaire. Yeah. Yes, Jeff yeah. Bezos, CEO of Amazon and of the private space flight company Blue Origin. Uh, they announced yesterday that his team has recovered, yesterday being uh, March 20th, that his team has recovered parts of a Saturn V rocket used on Apollo missions to the moon. And there are pictures which are awesome. They look like uh, like almost um, H.G. Wells kind of steampunk things. You can't believe these are the the engines we, we got to the moon with. But uh, here, partner, here's the picture. Of, oh. If you want to check it out. And Whoa. we'll post, we will actually post a picture of this on our Tumblr, uh, if you haven't already seen it. Um, so driven by wow. five F1 engines at its base, the powerful Saturn V is the only rocket that's ever taken humans to another world, if you count the moon as another world. And about two minutes after launch, these engines would run out of fuel, and the bottom section of the rocket would separate and fall into the sea. And until recently, the fate of those lost pieces of history was unknown. But uh, Bezos and his team got them back up on top of the water. What's he, does it say in the article what he's going to do with them now? Is he going to put them on display? Is he going to sell them through his website? 
I would hope they would like cut them up and then put them on the walls of Magic Johnson's TGI Fridays <laughs> in sort of pieces of pitchy. Yeah. Like cut them up into small pieces and make yeah. them into pendants. Like or make, no, make it look like, like a um... rocket went through the wall. Because like, some of those restaurants have like oh, the yeah! back end of a Cadillac. Like, how did that car get up there? Oh, man. It's crazy. I feel like the British Museum would know how to take care of <laughs> oh, it properly. Just America doesn't know what they're doing with this stuff. We need to look after. And while we're at it, the Washington Monument... Uh, yeah. Move that to London. <laughs> I just love the idea that there would be a ship as soon as this thing came to land, like a British ship, comes up, <laughs> and everyone just kind of like ghost shakes ship. their heads and just like makes a little come here motion. <laughs> like, I claim up, this. But, I claim this in the name of the king. You guys, <laughs> don't is it a queen now? To... Yeah, but when we do this, we still go back to the king. <laughs> the new baby. So I hope we find a way to, to handle this well, so we don't have to revert to British ownership. But you know, if they'll take care of it, that's fine. Um, so they said that the two full F1 engines they found, they're not yet um, sure if they're from Apollo 11 or some other Apollo flight. Mm. This could be from any of the ships that went to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> I guess Apollo 11 is the big catch. Yeah, that would be the coolest one to find, I guess. That's the one. That's the that's the biggie. That, like, if you're auctioning it off, that's the one that gets... If this was Storage Wars, <laughs> <nah>. <laughs> like, 11, you want it to be from 11. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that, like Jeff Bezos is like, it's not for sale. We spent millions to find. Yep. No, we're not auctioning it. Uh, All right, Hester, we're not going to sell this to you. Yep. He uh, he quit the show and is suing them, claiming really? that yeah, he's currently suing them, claiming that they cheated loads of the scenes and he got frozen out. Well, of course what? they cheated the scenes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a reality show. Yeah, it's like. And you're like, the things have been opened before. And you're like, yeah, well, that's how there was a camera already inside the thing when you opened the container. Like, <laughs> it's just... Uh, but, um... I thought reality shows make you sign a bunch of stuff so you can't sue. Uh... Yeah, you'd think that. Yeah, I guess it depends on what contract he had because he was a star by the second or third season. Oh. Um, I'm gonna, like, follow on from that Apollo story, though, with this other one as well because this is just in the same theme of mil- of millionaires going on <laughs> missions under the ocean. Because off the back of um, uh, the James Cameron uh, trip to the Mariana Trench, mm. and, and also some other scientific trips as well, they found out that the, um, it, there's life down there that they didn't think there was before. It's teeming with microbes, uh, microscopic life, uh, down, seven miles uh, down in the Pacific Ocean. It has apparently high levels of microbial activity. Uh, the research was published in the, nat- in the journal Nature Geoscience, which is uh, your final year. Of- yes, my final year of high school. Did you have to read Nature, Nature Geoscience? No, I didn't know there was a journal. Apparently so. Um, and it was previously thought that it was just too hostile an environment for life to exist. But what we're increasingly finding is just like everywhere on Earth, there's some, there's some life that can survive. something that shouldn't live. Like there's, there's yeah. some microbes that manage to survive in volcanoes. And- mm-hmm. Well, actually, there's another article that a listener sent in after we talked about a few missions. For the last few years, there have been a bunch of different teams that have been trying to drill into the Antarctic to find these lakes that have been never been exposed to the air. They've always been trapped under miles mm-hmm. of ice for, for millennia. Yeah. And um, a few of them finally broke through. And one of them, yeah, one of the missions found this unidentified and unclassified bacterium as soon as they got into one of these freshwater lakes that was hidden under under miles of ice. Whoa. Nice. Who was it who sent that in? That was from... Um, Magic Johnson. Ma- listener, Magic Johnson, <laughs> no relation. That's his birth name. Um, actually, I'm not sure. Let me see if I find the... Well, well I apologize, I listeners, that I can't find that quickly enough to bring it we up. We will but... find it for a future episode and credit you on that one. Thank you for that. Uh, but yeah, this was one of the teams that uh, I... 
I guess this is one of the teams that didn't quit because a lot of these teams, um, or at least one other team of Russians who was trying to get to, um, I don't know if this was Lake Vostok. There was another mission where they got miles down in after years of work, I believe, and, and hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars, and then had to abandon the whole project. Like, it's really tough to dig this deep in the ice. You have to have two different tunnels that meet up because you have to find a way to be bringing out what you're melting mm-hmm, as it's mm-hmm. going down and then find ways to avoid contaminating this lake once you get through the ice. Because the whole idea of the only thing important about it is that it's never been exposed to the air. So if you compromise that, you could find, uh, you know, it could ruin the hope of finding anything useful. But um, yeah, this this team found these unidentified, unclassified bacterium, bacteria. So I don't know if that's actually a terrifying thing or just good that we now have more bacteria we've found. Hopefully it's not some kind of a... I've seen both versions of the thing. I, I know. Actually, not. There's three versions. I haven't seen the first one. But uh, I know bad shit can happen near the South Pole. So. Yeah. I don't know. I think I think it's always good to get life from anywhere and bring it back into our ecosystem. <laughs> yes. Uh, that's always a good thing. Um... I'm, I'm going to go for this story now. It's kind of grim, uh, and that's why I like it. But um, right now, uh, our London listeners will be well aware that uh, London's being dug up uh, for a, a new train across the city, Crossrail. And in the process of them doing that, they discovered... Wait, a- wait, wait, I'm going to stop you right there. They didn't discover, like, <laughs> bodies, did they? That would be that'd be oh, horrible. If they oh, did. There, no. There's no way they would have oh, discovered no. not, not just bodies. Do you, want, bodies. Do you want to guess what kind of pit of bodies it was? It was a good one. Children? Uh, I don't know. It doesn't say the ages. I imagine there probably were some children in the mix. But this was a this was a plague pit. This was from the oh, Black Death. Oh, boy. A Black Death burial ground. 13 bodies found so far in, uh, in a hole at the edge of Charterhouse Square. Alongside pottery dated to the mid-14th century. <laughs> uh, so it, I'm sure they were all archaeologists working for Crossrail and the Museum of London. Uh, which I think is not the British Museum. It's a, it's a rival museum of weird <laughs> shit found around the world. Um, they're continuing to dig in a bid to find further remains, uh, and it remains from earlier eras. But there's there's a couple of pictures. Um, mm. It's it's prop it's skeletons. It's proper <laughs> skeletons. It's skeletons. haunted skeletons. <laughs> so, is there a single story we're covering this week that could? Not be the premise for a horror movie. Um, I'm looking uh, through the frogs possibility. Frogs in their mouths. Oh yeah, no, all of them so uh, far. Deep sea microbes. Deep sea microbes. Um, black death haunted skeletons. Yeah, all the stories I was thinking of doing next. Like we're chugging through the stories now. World's thinnest endoscope is the width of a human hair. Not, uh, not the best horror movie. More like a sci-fi movie. Maybe. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> like if that endoscope gets some ideas above its station. <laughs> Uppity endoscopes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Human endoscope. So, are they? Uh, did, did this offer any new insight into how the plague affected people or anything, or is this just kind of like, oh, this is creepy, guys? All right, keep digging. Well, it says these bodies might contain DNA from the bacteria responsible for the plague um, from an early stage in the pandemic, which Whoa. helps modern epidemiologists track the development and the spread of differing strains. Of a pathogen that still exists today, apparently. That's what's worrying. I didn't realize that the plague still exists today. Yeah, I thought they had like a little outbreak somewhere in Europe, I think. That might, that does sound vaguely familiar. So yeah, we still, 
We still haven't got rid of the plague, guys. <laughs> yeah, I, we haven't gotten as far as we, sh- we should have by now. I don't actually know much about how you die when you get the plague. I'm looking that up right now. Do you know? Horribly. Well, it's not, it's not, a, not yeah. a good death? It's not I a, think on a pleasant. there's sores involved. Yeah, boils. And then, and then it rains frogs. Your friends don't want to hang out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just found some pictures I wish I hadn't seen. Um... There's a picture of a hand that oh, was getting gosh. gangrene. All, all, all the fingers are dead. What? what getting gangrene of the fingers due to bubonic plague. Um, it causes the skin and flesh to die and turn black, which I guess is why it's the Black Death. Oh, uh, okay. On the plus side, that is guaranteed like day off from oh. work, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You don't have to. Uh, Sorry, man. I can't come into work today. Oh, I got the plague. Um, let's so see. So bubos are your lymph glands? Bubonic? Bubos. Oh, is that what that... That's what it says. Oh, uh, okay. Oh, okay. Because they also have, yeah, a picture of someone with this this uh, like festering sore on their upper thigh. show. Yeah, this isn't good. And then I guess you also get acute fever and you vomit blood. So that, that adds cute. to the fun. Most victims died two to seven days after their initial infection. Is there any cure? Is there any coming back from it? Um, let me see. I, I searched for the word cure on the Wikipedia page for Black Death. Nothing. Zero results. Not even the phrase, there is no cure. Yeah. <laughs> like, what, are you crazy? Tree. It's a Black Death. Come on. And there's some pictures of... Uh, I don't even know how they got these photos, then, of people who were getting it. Does that mean... I guess, like you said, there must have been some modern photos? times. Oh. Whoa. Yeah. That oh. Is, oh, dead fingers. That is terrifying. That's I can't stop looking at it. Zombie-ish. Yeah, that's straight out of Walking Dead. So don't get uh, don't get AIDS. Okay, don't would get you rather dead. have? Well, you can get AIDS now. It's all fine. You're, you're yeah. fine with AIDS. Oh right, is that a that's not a horror movie premise? Um, okay, question then. Uh, would you rather have black fingers that have died, or frogs <laughs> coming out of your mouth? Like how often do the frogs come out of your mouth? Like daily. How many frogs per oh. day? I'd say on the hour. On the hour, you get like one or two That's frogs. That's a lot. It's a lot of frogs. Uh, and then the, the dead black fingers. Are, are they, they alive or are they like <laughs> ping pong balls? Oh, the frogs? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, real frogs. Real frogs mm-hmm. that are coming out your mouth. Live frogs. And then the, the dead fingers, are you actually able to use them or have they fallen off? Like they're, they're dead, but can they still pick things up? You just can't feel with them? No, I think the... you're stuck with them on the end and they can't do much. They can't do anything. You just have black mm-hmm. fingers. I'm gonna go frogs. Me too. I'm gonna go frogs. And I would just have like a specialized kerchief of some sort that I would keep. <laughs> oh in, yeah, like, like a, a yeah, like, like a, a spittoon, a, <laughs> or, like a, a frog, a frog catching kerchief, it's like a frog pouch. Yeah, and I'll just, just excuse just, me. <laughs> you just creepy cough your frogs <laughs> into on the hour. Oh, you guys, frog in your throat. That is where that came from. Yeah, that was actually that breed of frog. That species of frogs was also. Uh, they're able to introduce new phrases to the English language. <laughs> that's a, that's like a cause for merriment, a frog in your throat. That means it's like I'm giving birth, creating new life. Yeah. It's like a whole different connotation yeah. I hadn't thought of. Yeah, you've got a frog in your throat. It's the new bun in the oven. Right, right. Oh, you got a frog in your throat. Who's the lucky uh, frog father? If yeah. they made the Black Death Pit a tourist attraction, would you guys go? I don't think they're going to be able to because I think there's going to be trains oh, there I soon. Know, but it's kind of going to be a tourist attraction. You'll just know as you're going past that station that this Black Death Pit. Yeah, I think it'd be interesting. Mm. Yeah. I mean, not, you know, it's not like you're really looking at board like 
people anymore. It's not like you're going to look at a corpse. It was a body. Skeletons. Yeah, the same way. It's like, several hundred years past being a corpse. Yeah, I would want to see those those Pompeii um, oh, yeah. casts. You know, that wouldn't yeah. creep me out. I've been to Pompeii, to but I don't remember actually seeing any of the bodies or anything. I remember seeing like... Oh, really? Uh, they're all in British museums. Yeah, yeah, they're all in, of course. <laughs> well, they gotta be taken care of. Yeah, they're not. They're, they can't be trusted with the Italians. Itali- you know what Italians are like with stuff. Yeah, they just eat it all. Yeah. <laughs> just put in pasta. Italians would eat, eat it, it all. The Greeks would like smash it at their celebrations. It's, it's skeleton. Yeah. yeah, you want some? Yeah, it's a spicy skeleton. <laughs> um, oh, Black Death. It's no good. Well, look who's joining us. If it isn't oh, Jesse Case, we've got an extra hey. microphone fired up for you, you buddy. Just put that on the ground. Okay. Come on. Oh, where's he oh. going? Can he be coaxed into joining? We're, we're, I think we're on to the final story anyway. We yeah, might be, it. yeah. Perfect time. Just you missed us time. talking about frogs that frogs. that give birth to frogs out of their mouths. Hey, guys, you know me. Doesn't matter. Jesse Hi. Case, composer of our doesn't theme doesn't music. Matter. Doesn't matter. They've all heard. Roommate, They've comedian. All heard. I think I've got uh, 20% of the episodes under my belt. Yeah, I think yeah. so. <laughs> Um, you. I think you may now have more episodes than Brooks. Yeah, at this, at this point, point <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm fast approaching. Yeah. I'm fast oh. approaching. Um, should we? I I quite like this story. Um, I quite like because uh, we've already talked about space. We've yeah. already talked about NASA. Um, and the new uh, world of private enterprise related to space travel. And this is kind of cool. The European Space Agency is turning to um. Companies that make terrestrial robot aircraft to help them. So you know those sort of like basically toy drones and those uh those quadcopter heli- yeah, remote control yeah, helicopters. Yeah, yeah. 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 and then, then the commercial equivalents of those, the parrot drone quadcopter, which you can buy, <laughs> which you, which gets controlled by the iPhone. Uh, Whoa! Which you can buy from uh, from the web, uh, but they have built up good data on stability and on handling and the european space agency is getting some of that data to help them with the stability and docking uh maneuvers of their craft well because if there's one thing i know about outer space is that there are a ton of summer barbecues (laughs) (laughs) and they're going to need this stability information as to not land in a pool yep um yeah (laughs) Disturb a barbecue a that is nest. actually on, like with the charcoal is actually hot. Yeah, that can. would be a problem. Yeah. Uh, um, so this is important info, mm-hmm. because when you get out there, it is very similar environment <laughs> to going to a park with your weird dad. Yeah. Well, you know, like the, um, the first uh, rocket that the European Space Agency actually sent up got stuck in a tree. And they what? had to, yeah, they had to send the lead yeah. scientist dad with a broom to get it out. No. Yeah. yeah, well, they, it was assembled at several Hobby Lobbies. And then put together. Um, Hobby Lobby. <laughs> you guys ever shop at Hobby Lobby? No. What is that? I used to build those, uh, those like Estes rockets. Wait, that's oh, real? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a place called oh. Hobby Lobby. I guess maybe oh, I, 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 we both thought that you completely invented that. No, no, no. Um, Hobby Lobby. I guess it was, <laughs> it was made in the. Uh, I guess they're big in the southeast. They're normally in similar strip malls to Big Lots. Okay. Oh, okay. If you find a big lots, there'll be a hobby lobby. A hobby lobby. <laughs> close, close at it's hand. Like they, they just wanted any rhyme. Yeah. Really, because a lo- lobby isn't even a term I for know. a store. No. It's the room before you go into <laughs> yeah. something. Right. Yeah, right. that's what that's what every hobby lobby is. It's just a big store. empty hallway, and then people yep. just poke out from individual rooms. <laughs> yeah. What are you after? Oh, I was going to do a model aircraft. Yeah. Okay. Wait there. Wait in the lobby. Right. right. And then they go off into their room and get the stuff. Right. Well, in England, they have the same stores, but they're called Daft Crafts. Oh my. Um, Gosh. Folks, 
folks, it's been a long week. Uh, been a long week. So, uh, what, uh, wait, if it's specifically rockets, couldn't it be gift lifts? Absolutely. So yeah, there were these places where you could go, and they had all the model rockets and balls of wood for the planes and Ball, balls like. of wood. Balls of wood. Balls of wood. It's a type of super. <laughs> no, no, no. Wait a second. You don't really call it that, do you? Balsa wood. What do you call it? Balsa wood. Balsa wood. <laughs> Balsa. Balsa. Like, like salsa. Like, like there's an S in it, but I like balsa. I like balsa wood. I've always just used that it like a Z like sound. A rapper. Balsa wood. Balsa wood. Yeah. Yeah. Or it sounds um, like a unit of wood. Like, how much wood did he have? A balsa. He had balsa, balsa wood. <laughs> um, so they have, you know, balsa wood. And little, you know. Do, do, you, use, do you sometimes make a salad and put some balsamic vinaigrette on it? Uh, yeah, Am okay. I just being a dick? No, a little bit. A little bit. Okay. Um, I, um, no, I do. I, I put balsamic on everything. I, uh, so they have that. And then they have the little paint them yourself action figure mm-hmm. what, for role-playing game, however that works. Yeah, stuff. yeah. That was an aisle. But yeah, I used to build the model rockets all the time, and uh, they would always get stuck in a tree. What size engine? I'm talking about D engine. What sort? What sort of? Uh, I would go D. You go D. It's I would easily. Big, go, yeah, I would easily yeah. go D. Um, really into it. Really into it. Well, I remember when October Sky came out oh. um, with uh, with a young young Jake a young Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I remember getting that. into his own. Uh, was there some kind of like that cold, was Chris cold Cooper's War? breakout? That was before what? American Beauty, right? Was that really. Was there some kind of Cold War element to it? I forgot what the... Yes. There was. Yeah, because they this was before you could buy model rockets. They built them out of metal. They built them themselves. Really? Yeah. yeah. And there was like a scene when one of them landed, went astray and landed near the coal mine where his angry, science-hating father worked. <laughs> Um, Are you going to be able to rocket under my roof? <laughs> and <laughs> Did he break the rocket over his knee? Right. No son then- of mine is going to be able to rocket. <laughs> Um, so, you know, and they thought maybe it was the Cold War, maybe the Soviets had sent a missile. Oh, oh, okay. Um, that sounds like a not... What a tangent, you guys. That sounds like a, not enough, not enough stakes in that movie, if that was the main Really, it was a really low stakes movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's another thing, by the way, that drones and toy flying things are also being used for now. Actual proper drones, like sort of army level drones, have been hired... Uh, by the League Against Cruel Sports in the UK, what? who are an anti-fox oh, yeah. hunting group. What do they do? Uh, they're trying to use it to for surveillance over the fox hunt to look for illegal <laughs> practices. Uh, Why not? The Countryside Alliance, which is the anti anti League Against Cruel Sports, in other words, like pro cruel sports uh, <laughs> organization, is. Uh, <laughs> Is saying we think this is a PR stunt. The chance of the drug. <laughs> what do they do though? Lost do over they? That part. They're just an organization that's the, yeah. the cruel sports defending. Just- They're so self-aware. I know. <laughs> um, let me ask you this about fox hunting. Because um, you obviously know some fox hunters. You went to Cambridge. People do that. I right? think I've, I've probably met some people who. I definitely know some people who fox hunted. Um, why? I mean, they say that you know England lost the Revolutionary War because of the red coats. They you know, do say that? <clears throat> I don't know if Who they say says that. Okay. <laughs> Jesse says that. Well, I just mean it was like guerrilla warfare versus old school standing oh, line. Right. Very oh, okay. visible okay. in your uniform. You know. Yeah, it's amazing that used to be the thing. You're like you was well, well no, of course no. we wear red in the army, otherwise they wouldn't be out the enemy would miss us. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, I thought it was so no you can't sense. tell if you're bleeding. I I did Maybe. hear that as well. But that, no no I sense of that camouflage. Up. I like that. That's better logic. <laughs> right. 
Uh, it's like the old joke, uh, the give me my brown pants mm-hmm. joke. Yeah. Yeah, you're yep. on board. We have yep. the same dads. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, For the benefit of listeners who haven't heard the joke and myself, let's just hear it real quick. Come on. Um, so there was a, there was a guy in um, the... Um, there's a guy in the British Navy, you know, and um, he's on a ship and he sees a Spanish Armada ship off the port bow. And he says, first mate, um, give me my red coat. And the first mate goes, why? Why? Uh, why do you want your red coat? You'll be so visible. And he's like, well, that way, if I get shot, um, our men won't notice the blood um, and they won't worry about me and it'll keep them resilient and keep them fighting. Uh, and he goes, OK, so they fight and they win, you know. And then it's like a week later, and they're still sailing. And, uh, and then they see 10 Spanish Armada ships off the bow. And he goes, uh, first mate, give me my corduroy pants. <laughs> see? Because he's going he's gonna to shit himself is the joke. Poop. And um, I got it. So, <laughs> yep. It's a good joke. Pretty solid. <laughs> so then after that, let yeah. Let that sit for a little bit. Let that yeah, sit. Yeah, let's just do it. That's some good <laughs> joke after me. And then, you, yeah. then after that, you hear about someone's favorite Toto concert <laughs> or whatever. Um, whoever told you that joke is into. Um, anyway, why the I, red I, coats? I, I will hear nothing hunting? said against Toto. I stand yeah. by that band. Come on, that's <laughs> Jeff and Steve Percaro. That's a super group. Africa, <laughs> hold the line. I mean, Africa is mm. yeah, sure, sure. Um, Animal. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Rosanna. Rosanna. I don't know the Toto catalog. How about he, they co-wrote Human Nature on Michael Jackson's Thriller? They, they were the, they were the backing band. Well, a on lot some of the thrillers track. Were they, a lot they of thriller. Were they named Toto because of the Wizard of Oz element of being yeah, like, guys, we're not in thinking. Kansas anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're in was one of them is one of them in Kansas? Was one of them the bass player for oh, Kansas? <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> guys, we are not in Kansas. Yeah. We're in if outer you thought space. that we were the guys that sang uh, um, uh, Winds of Change, what's the wind song? God damn it. I don't know. Every band in that era had a wind song. What's that? Hard oh, yeah, it's hard it's hard sure is. It was a much oh, windier era back then. What's that? Yeah, yeah apparently. And the world was less built up, so we didn't have like the. They also, my favorite, my favorite that... songs of that era were, <laughs> were um, acronyms before some type of girl, like mm-hmm. a sunshine woman. Or like <laughs> Raining Day Girl. Like there were just a million songs that had a weird yeah. weather acronym and then a girl. Was she like, was that? my rainbow baby. <laughs> like you can just make them up. Adjective. Yeah, not an acronym. Sorry, I thought you were going to. Adjective. Yeah. Oh, that's okay. B-Y-O-B baby. NASA woman. You're out of this world. I'm an idiot. VIP lady. VIP lady. That should have been that should have been a, like an eighties hit. That, follow yeah. up to Lady in Red. That so, been. so there's about seven or eight bands that if you told me they written that song, I would yeah okay oh, yeah, that's not a song. Lady. They played that at my prom. Yeah, uh, it was the slow dance. So song. so yes, weather adjectives followed by okay. feminine feminine gender synonym. Yeah, foggy, <laughs> foggy, foggy woman, foggy girl, foggy woman. <laughs> foggy woman. Why you gotta be so hazy to me? Not soon, mama! <laughs> Overcast dame. Right. Ooh, nice. Listen to that. Good one. Yeah. Twilight princess! <laughs> Chance of showers, Sheila. You came into my life with a 50% probability yeah. of love. <laughs> I think Paul McCartney started off with a muggy lass. <laughs> muggy lass. Muggy lass. It's, just, it's about so, a sheepdog. I saw this lass and she seemed sort of muggy. She seemed, like a song she seemed a bit muggy. She seemed a bit muggy. That's a surprisingly muggy. good Paul McCartney impression there Thank from Andy Wood. Yeah, that was. Paul's, yeah, Paul's the back of the throat. 
So that's that's what differentiates him from the rest of the. the you also have to be always touching your lip for some reason with your index finger. Of course, if you're touching your lip. Well, no, I'm just saying she's just 17. You know what I mean. I'm not saying anything sexual. I'm not a pedophile. Um, uh, so, yeah, why the red coats and fox yes, hunting? Yes, red coats and fox hunting. Why the red coats? I, I think it's probably... I think it really is a legacy, like a throwback yeah. to old school fighting, like, the old cavalry. I think they're still basically wearing cavalry coats. Okay. That's guys, my guess. That's, I, watch... I, have no, I have no proper knowledge or expertise on this, but I think that's probably... They still dress like they would in the... 18th century. Okay. Seems logical to me. Because okay. yeah. they're rich and have land. And, Did, uh, yeah. and they're just like, well, we still live the life of a of a 1700s nobleman. We should dress the part as well. Sure, sure. So it's, it's almost like, um, I guess there's a lot of different aspects of fox hunting other than the actual hunt that make it very elite. Yeah, I have heard that like, like they're very rarely effective. Like they just, they're just riding across fields it's the dogs that do it right yeah yeah they're just riding across fields nowhere near a fox right and getting dressed up and someone at the front toots a horn and then they gallop and shout things. surely the foxes <laughs> run away with some so much of a cavalry and they get hammered thing. yeah i think it's like it's a big drinking thing and right you know it's like when guys out in america go hunting and very rarely actually get a stag or anything like that they do just drop single. diva <laughs> <laughs> do drop is that what that was yeah. do drop <laughs> Humidity, honey. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a whole genre run. that I yeah. feel like we didn't discuss. There was, but there was a whole, but at the same time, so much untapped potential. That I know, I know. It's, I know. It's 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 yeah, barometric, baby. <laughs> <laughs> that was just, you know, I guess that was the two big interests of people around that time. It was like sex the and meteorology amateur and meteorology and it was a perfect storm no pun intended of those <laughs> yeah. pursuits people absolutely oh. yeah. uh, I think that's as good a point as any to wrap this up uh, sure Arpana uh, how can people find out about you and where you're performing and when uh, you're doing shows my website is theparnacomedy.com and it has all of my vital information okay and your twitter feed is very funny as well is, is a parnapkin yep so follow that. Uh, when does uh? There's no out? is. It's just a par napkin, correct? Yes. Yeah. When yeah. does uh totally biased come back? Totally on the air? biased is back on the air May 9th at 11 p.m. Thursdays on FX. So go and watch that, and you'll yeah. hear many of Aparna's jokes coming out of someone else's mouth. It's true. And sometimes out of hers. Uh, uh, as always, as we've already said, please do write in to us. Please tweet us at probably science or probably science at gmail dot com. Write nice comments under our thing on iTunes and give us nice ratings and tell your friends because that all helps people find out about us. Mm -hmm. And we always forget to say this, but we do have now a PayPal thing. If you want to help support the show, if you like our show and you want to give us some money to help us keep doing this and help with hosting costs and that kind of thing, if you go to our Tumblr page, uh, probablyscience.tumblr.com, there's a PayPal link there, and you can click on that, and you can send us some stuff. Yep, right on the top. There's that donate button. We would love the help. But in the meantime, thank you so much for listening. Tell your friends. Write us nice things. Uh, tell us about things we got wrong, or tell us about things we got right, and we will see you next week. Bye.